Now, this morning, we are continuing our series uh, about John, about the letters of John. Um, And uh, last week, Duncan started us off. And um, he was talking about the beginning of the letter. And remember, he said, this is John's eyewitness account of Jesus. Um, John walked with Jesus. He walked close up. He was there when Jesus taught He was there when Jesus performed miracles. He was there when Jesus died. He saw him when he was raised to life. And this letter, uh, 1 John, was written when John was in his twilight years. I just love that phrase, twilight years. It's a great phrase. It's great. I don't know how people who are in their twilight years feel about it, but as one who is, it seems closer, twilight years is a good phrase. (laughs) Anyway, um, he was in his twilight years, and in this letter, he is passionately telling us, this is what I saw. I thought Duncan really painted that picture so well last week. And um, he, uh, John is eagerly calling us to, and the people he wrote the letter to, to come back to three things, true doctrine, obedient living, and fervent devotion. That's a great thing to be called to, isn't it? It's great. So... Um, now, when I was studying John's letters, I just thought I'd, I just thought I'd show you what it's like when I uh, study. So like, I like to print it out and make a few notes and do a bit of scribble and underline and highlight. And this isn't about, wow, isn't Emma's notes, aren't they untidy or aren't they all over the place? It's just about going, this is what it looks like when you go into the word. This is what it can look like. This is how much God can speak. And you'll be pleased to know that I'm not going to share everything from here today. But I just wanted to just put that out there. It's just so great to get into the Word. It's just so exciting. It comes alive. There's so much. There's so much in it. It's so rich. When you, when you sit and you, and you consume it, that's what it feels like for me. When you consume it and you spend time in it and you dwell in it. God speaks so much. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to pursue God in the word. It's so good. It's so good. Anyway, I love it. This, when I was reading John's uh, letters, I, was, I could really identify with his style. Because he kind of talks in circles or like spirals. And if you ask Neil. When I'm on a roll, he will tell you that that's exactly what I'm like. I go round and round, and then I come back and say it again. And he's extremely patient. Extremely patient. (laughs) I was on my own for the last couple of days, for quite a lot of the last couple of days. And yesterday, in the afternoon, he had to just go, just can we take a minute? Can we just breathe? (laughs) Because I was just talking and talking and talking and talking because I'd been on my own for so long and I had so much to tell him about and um, he had to ask me to breathe so that's what I'm like I go around in circles a little bit so I can really I could really see that in his writing but what I love about it is he's not doing it for the sake of it he speaks a truth he, he writes a truth and he explains it and then he kind of circles back and comes at it from a different angle And then he circles round again and he deepens it 
And then he circles around again and he broadens it. So by the time you get through these amazing letters, you have like a, just a really rich view of what it is he's talking about. You have a, like a deeper understanding and you get to receive God speaking to you about it over and over and over again. And it's powerful. So get into this, get into these letters. They're so good for us. It's brilliant. Um, I'm enthusing so much that I'm losing my place in my notes. <laughs> anyway, so I, I listened to it. I like to read and listen to it, and I think that's a great, a great way to do it. So anyway, let's dive in and get into the scripture. So today, if you want to open your Bibles, I've got it coming up as well, hopefully if it's working. I've got it coming up. Yay! Um, so 1 John 1, verse 5, 3 to 2, verse 6. So it says this. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation. Well, I could not say this word. Anyone? Volunteer for me. Help me out. Everybody. One, two, three. Praise the Lord. You guys are so holy. He's that for our sins. And not only for ours. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. And by this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So Lord, I just want to ask you to make this word come alive to us today, that you'd bring your light and that you'd, sh- you'd shine light into our hearts and minds and that we would see you and hear you and respond to you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So I, um, I want us to just quickly look at that. I should have said this before I read it, but I forgot. Um, I want you to look at this just for a minute, just for a couple of minutes. And just have a think about, if anything jumps out at you, what does it tell you about God? And anything jumps out at you, what does it tell you about man? Just quickly, just have a look. Maybe talk to your, um, somebody near you. Just say one thing that tells us about God and one thing that tells us about man. Okay. So, anyone going to be brave and volunteer and let me know, what does it tell us about God? One thing. Just shout out one thing. God is light. Brilliant. Anything else? I'll give one more. He's a defense lawyer. 
Is that that word I can't say? Is that what you mean? Advocate, yeah. Advocate, I can say. That's fine. Yeah, he's, he's our advocate. Brilliant. Jesus is our advocate. Anything that it tells us about man? We walk in darkness. Sometimes we walk in darkness. Yeah. What? He still loves us. Yeah, he loves us. That's right. Very good. Well done. So we're going to, I've put, I've put uh, this, I had a quick look at this and I put it in a bit of a um, box. We're going to, oh no. Oh yeah, next one. That's it. There we go. So we've got what he is and what he does. So from those verses, I've pulled out what he is and what he does. So God is light. He's perfectly light. It tells us that there's no darkness at all in God. He is in the light. He's faithful. He's just. He's an advocate. And he is the perfect sacrifice that bore God's wrath and turned it to favor, which is that word that I can't say. After three, one, two, three, it is? You're so good at saying that. Um, And what he does. So he forgives our sin. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sin. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Jesus advocates for us with the Father. Jesus, the perfect one, bears the cost for our sin so we can be forgiven and enjoy fellowship with God, which is the outworking of that word, I can't say. All right? So when I was prepping for this, I was really struck by how this verse where it talks about how God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. And I had a few questions about this. I was just really focused on why did John write at all? It would have been enough for him to say God is light. I'm I'm there. Yes, God is light. It would have been enough to say God is light and there's no darkness in him. I'm there. It's true. Why did he say at all? It's really interesting. I was also struck by... I was reminded about in Genesis when it describes God creating light. And then I went down a bit of a rabbit hole, which I'm going to share with you. I couldn't understand why did he do that first? Why did he, why did he create light first? He could have created everything in darkness. He's God. He could have done anything he wanted. He could have created it all in darkness and then, and then made the light and gone, ta-da! But he didn't. He made the light first. Why? I'm not sure I know the answer, but I'm sure if we could find it, I'm sure, I'm sure we can find it in scripture. But I feel like it's because God made the light because it's a reflection of him. Creation is a reflection of him and he wants to be seen. He wants us to see him. Maybe that's why he did it first. I don't know. Anyway, I was also struck by some memories of some sunrises. So once there was a weekend away when Anil and I went, we thought we're going to get up early, we're going to go and see the sunrise. We were staying on the coast. We had one opportunity to do it. We thought we'll do it. And um, we got up at 5 a.m., made a coffee, and went out to the seafront and waited. But we'd chosen a terrible day to see the sunrise. It was like the worst day. It was cloudy and it was overcast. We couldn't see that because it was pitch black and freezing, but it was cloudy and overcast and it began to rain. It was just amazing. And we stayed. We had an umbrella and we sat there 
on a bench waiting in the rain and the cold because we wanted to see the sunrise. But we couldn't see anything. We couldn't see any evidence of the sunrise in the sky. We could tell it was happening because we could see more light around us, but we couldn't get to see that actual moment of sunrise. And so we went back to the place we were staying. The guy on the desk sniggered as we went past. And um, we were cold, we were wet. But it was light outside. And it really, we had to wait a few more hours before we could actually see the evidence of the sunlight when the mist had rolled back and the clouds had rolled back. So I just want you to hold that image. And we'll come back to that a bit later. Then there was another time when we went away to the same part of the coast and we were with a friend and we all decided we're going to go for it we're going to get up early it was autumn so we didn't have to get up quite as early we wrapped up warm and we went out in the pitch black to wait for the sunrise we got our spot on the beach and we waited and I have to say honestly I really wasn't prepared for the beauty of what I saw or how I was going to meet God when the sun began to rise. I watched creation point to his glorious ways so powerfully. And it impacted me so much that I keep photos on my phone, on my wallpaper, I have it. This particular image that just really, where I just met God. And I've brought a few pictures to show you. So as I talk through this next um, description, we're gonna just see. So you can see there, like it was hazy, but there's a little bit of light coming in in the background. I don't know how much we'll see it on this, but... Um, we'll try. So what I saw that day was how light and dark are opposites. Do you want to go to the next picture? They're not equally matched. The dark cannot diminish or drown out the light. Let me go to the next one. If the light is there, then the darkness is no more. And as soon as the light shines, darkness flees. Do you want to go to the next picture? And I watched the reality of darkness on that morning fleeing in the way every single thing I looked at changed as light hit it. Those rocks, all of them, everything changed. Everything changed as the light came up. It was in the way warmth hit as the light came up. It was in the way the world in front of me just woke up birds started flying they started making noise I could hear things differently just as the light came up it was amazing so when it says God is light and in him there is no darkness at all when John is writing about God's light he's writing about this area of no contest and that's what I saw when I saw this sunrise there's no contest it's not a it's not equally matched There is no contest. What I saw was God's light being perfectly invincible on that sunrise. I really want to recommend you go and try and see a sunrise. It's it's quite an awesome thing. And that's what you see in creation when you see a sunrise. You see this perfectly invincible nature of God's light. You catch a glimpse of it, the reality of it. And when you do that and you open your heart and you say, God, speak to me through what I'm seeing, you can't be lukewarm. You can't be uh, unmoved or unmotivated when you see something like that. I don't know if there's any more pictures left. You can scan through the other pictures. 
I think, yeah, there you go. You had to be there, but it was incredible. Anyway. So we've talked about, dark, we've talked about light and we've talked about darkness. And we've talked about this verse where it says, God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. The things that we talked about, about how this scripture tells us about man. So I did another couple of little um, boxes for that. So um, we said, didn't we, that um, men, men, man can walk in darkness. And some of the verses that talk about that are these ones here. If we say we have, no fellow, if, if we say we have fellowship while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. If we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves. Da, da, da. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Whoever says, I know him. We seem to say a lot. <laughs> Man seems to say a lot in this, uh, in this area. And then the walking in the light bit. If we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we fellowship with one another, which is God, and also the family in Christ. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's a real promise there. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all that unrighteousness. There's a promise there. If we know that we have come to, to know him, sorry, we know that we've come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. Whoever says he abides in him walks in, should walk in the same way. This is what it looks like to walk in the, in the light. These are some of the ways, it, it, these are some of the things that it looks like when we walk in, the, in darkness. So, walking in darkness is about things someone could say or claim, but the reality isn't really been lived out. And that was the situation that John was sending his letters into. There were people who were claiming to be followers of Christ, but their stances on sin. And some of their choices and some of their beliefs didn't ring true. They weren't scriptural. And he was speaking into that. And we can find that we're in that place. It can be really subtle, really subtle. We can think that we're walking in light, but gradually over time, we can kind of like fall back. We can dial things down. And before we know it, we're not really walking in the light like we used to. These scriptures also show us that we can be hindered from walking in the light. So we're here at church. It's safe to say that our hearts are towards God. We've got up, we've come out, we want, it's important enough to us to come here this morning. Maybe we've been Christians for a long time. Maybe not so long. And maybe we're exploring things. So how can we be hindered from walking in the light? Well, we can look to the wrong source of light. We live in a day and age where we're bombarded with answers to our issues, with standards and practices to live by. And some of those things are not based or grounded in God. And we can end up pursuing answers from ourselves or from social media or from, I don't know, what else? What else? Where can we find answers? Any, any thoughts? Psychology stuff? Yeah? Anywhere else? Google. Google? We can go- oh, Google. 
we can Google so many things, right, Helen? We can like, oh, um, so yeah, we can. There's all those places that we can look for answers, and Google's not bad. Google's great. I, there's lots of answers that are helpful that I get from Google, but it, if we go to it with the wrong questions, if we go to it looking for the light, we're not. Gonna, that's not what we're going to find there, and we can end up kind of thinking that we're going in the right direction or feeling that we're going in the right direction but actually we need to think and feel and hear him in the word as well it's really important um and we can have a wrong view of sin it's so subtle nobody will sit here and go i have a wrong view of sin it doesn't doesn't work like that it's really subtle especially in the in the time that we're living in It's really true that nothing can separate us from the love of God. It says it in the word. But it's also also true that we can sin. And it's also true that sin causes issues in our lives. The passage is really clear. We do sin. And also it's clear that God doesn't stop loving us when we sin. Which is amazing. But when we're living with sins going on... When we're tolerating and maybe denying them, we aren't choosing to position ourselves in the place to walk in the light. So we can ignore it, we can ignore sin, we can tolerate it and we can hide it. And when we let, when we let sin go, meaning we don't deal with it, or we aren't honest about the reality of it, when we allow it to entangle us, we can put it in the dark we ignore it, we don't tackle it, we bury it, we avoid it, and we definitely don't talk about it. Just to lighten things a little, when I wrote that, what song do you think came into my head? We don't talk about Bruno, I'm sorry. (laughs) But no, we don't talk about sin, do we? We don't. We don't have healthy conversations about it it's the silent thing that we all do but there's that shame isn't there when we talk about it there's that feeling of it maybe maybe it like what's the word you can tell I'm going off because I can't think of the word um we 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 allow it to disqualify us We, we listen to the lie that it disqualifies us but in that scripture today God loves us. He knows that we sin. He loves us. He shows us how to deal with sin. He shows us that we confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The answers in verse 9. That's the answer. But we don't talk about it. We don't like take it into the light. He's so patient with us. It's right there. That's what I was feeling when I was preparing this. I'm like, God, you're so patient with me. I don't, I, I'm so scared to talk about this stuff. I'm so scared that it's going to disqualify me. That is such a lie that I listen to. That is a lie. It doesn't disqualify me. It doesn't separate me from the love of God. It is part of my fallen nature that God is refining through Jesus and every time I go to him and I say God I've messed up I'm sorry I'm I I did this thing 
every time I do that, I'm being refined because he goes, Emma, I I love you. I've paid for you. Go and don't do it again. (laughs) But if you do do it again, there's grace and I'll come and I'll still accept you and I'll still love you and I'll still forgive you. And each time you're going to be growing and you're going to be stepping into things and you're going to be coming to me and you're going to be knowing me and knowing the grace and knowing the forgiveness and the love that I have for you. That's what it means when it says that his love, where is it? Love of God is perfected. That's what that is. Every time we are honest and we're open and we go, this is my situation, God. The love of God is being perfected in us. I have lost the notes. I don't know what's going on. This has not happened to me before. (laughs) Right. So you remember that description I gave of the mist and the cloud? Are we doing all right for time? I can't actually see the clock. Okay. Um, God spoke to me about those um, sunrises that I saw. He spoke to me about the mist and the cloud block of that sunrise that we tried to see. And I felt like it was kind of walking in sludge because we were wet, we were cold, it was miserable, and we didn't even see the sunrise. But we felt there was a block. Well, there was a literal block, the mist and the cloud. And we just sat there and waited for something to be different. We didn't give up. We didn't like look, even Google the weather and think, what's going on? We just sat there, <laughs> feeling a bit stupid with our umbrella and our coffee that was now tepid, and runners running past us going, what are you doing? Like, Actually, what are you doing? It's very clear there's no sunrise this morning to see. We have a sense when the cloud is there of what is going on behind the cloud. Maybe that's why we stayed. But it's so subtle. We keep up appearances. We were sitting there looking for the sunrise. But deep down, we weren't going to see it. But maybe the knowledge of that there was something going on behind the cloud, behind the block. God was calling us. You know, with sin, God calls us to draw near to the source of light. He calls us to lay our burdens down, to repent and see the clouds and mist clear as we do. So that's kind of one of the images I wanted to paint this morning, where we ignore it. There's another image where we tolerate it. I wish I had cooler shades than this. But, like, this is what I've got and this is what I'm going to have to do. It's like wearing sunglasses where we are walking in the dimly lit. We get comfortable with sin. We forget to see it. It's not because we want to do it. It's just because maybe it's too painful to deal with or it's about pride and shame and all of that lie that the enemy tells tells us. It's hard to see. It's hard to see properly close up when you're wearing shades. It's hard to see. Right now, it's hard for me to see what I'm reading because I'm walking in the dimly lit. And we can bury things deep and we can be deceived. Things like pain, sin, unhelpful thoughts or attitudes about ourselves or about others, these are things that can cause us to be walking in a dimly lit light. And it can be like we're wearing these sunglasses on a bright day. We can carry things. 
We can carry things that dim the light. We, we can get used to it being like this. If I wore these for long enough, it would be how I thought it was. We don't even realise that actually, when we take them off, it's a lot brighter and a lot, a lot easier to see. And we might walk along as if we're in the light, but because we're in the dimly lit light, we miss the fullness of the light. Maybe we put limitations on ourselves. Maybe we don't have confidence that God will meet us or have confidence that he'll be there if we fall and if we make a mistake. And the dimly lit is a real place where the lukewarm can grow. When you live in the dimly lit light, you're holding back, you're pulling back. You're still going through the motions, but you're holding back. And it's where this feeling of being lukewarm can just creep in, can just take ground. We can get so used to the way things are, or the way they aren't, that we can miss out on the fullness of all God has for us. And the last way that um, I think we can um, walk, sort of walk in darkness, I suppose is what I'm trying to say, is that we can hide it. We mess up. And our reaction can be like this thing that happens when you um, play hide-and-seek with small children. You know, when they're really little, there's this point where they stand and you're playing hide-and-seek and they hide and they close their eyes and they put their hands over, over their eyes and because they can't see you, they think they're hiding. But in reality, they're just standing right in front of you and you can see exactly where they are. They aren't hiding, they're hiding you from view. So they think that they're hidden and that's what it can be like with sin sometimes with things that we struggle with sometimes. We can be shocked. I can be shocked. I'm just going to put it out there. I can be shocked when I really mess up. I can be shocked by how much I've messed up. I think I'm doing better than that, and then I blow it. And I do something that I don't want to do. And then I just go, okay, I'm going to go out. Or um, I'm going to get really busy, go shopping, do my jobs, tick my lists, then I feel better about myself. No, I'm just standing there like this with my hands over my eyes. God can see me. He saw me before I did it. He saw me as I did it. He sees me now and he loves me and he just wants me to be real with him. He just wants me to be real with him. Please help me out. Is there anyone else who's like that? Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. It can feel very lonely up here. (laughs) But it's not, because actually it's what we're all like. I'm like all of the things I'm describing. Is there anyone else who's experienced those things? Let's talk about it. Let's be real. It's so freeing. So these are some of the ways that walking in darkness can subtly take ground in our lives. But the good news is is that we have a choice. And the even better news is that we have a saviour who's already dealt with all of these things on the cross. So we can choose to bring all these things to Jesus and find freedom and forgiveness as we repent and seek to start afresh and pursue walking in the light. As we were worshipping, 
God really highlighted this thing of lukewarm. It wasn't going to be a point. It wasn't going to be a. It wasn't going to be an anything. It was just a word that I'd written, but God just really spoke to me, and I just felt, I felt I was getting a bit of a word. So I'm going to take a risk. I feel like there's maybe some people here. I don't know any. I've not got anything other than some people, and I want to. I feel like God's asking you this question today and it's to do with feeling like you're lukewarm and he's asking does pain or disappointment lead you to letting your sights be lower than they should be and he wants to talk to you about that today he wants you to be encouraged today to set your sights on the fullness of his light And give him your pain and process your disappointment with him and set your sights on some higher things in him because he's got more for you. So if that speaks to you, I want you to come and see me at the end because I really want to pray for you. Okay, so we're getting getting there. Um, Okay, thank you for being patient. It's taking a little longer than I thought, but we're getting there. Okay, verse 7. So this is about how we can walk in the light. Verse 7, if we're walking in God's ways, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So if we're walking in God's ways, we have this deepening relationship with God and fellowship with him and with other believers and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. We have fellowship with God. I mean, wow. We have fellowship with God and other believers, which is brilliant. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us. This is incredibly good news. And it's what walking in the light is about. It shows that walking in the light is not about perfectionism. It's not that we have to walk in the light and just never do anything wrong. It's that we, we do do stuff wrong, but the promise is that Jesus cleanses us. It would be so easy to read that passage and to think, the light of God is perfect, so if we walk in it, we've got to be perfect too. But the truth is that this passage is telling us that light is not found in perfection from us, It's that we bring our sin into the light, we're real about it, and part of walking in the light is our response to our sin happening, not the absence of it happening. We've been called out of darkness and into the light, 1 Peter 2, verse 9. We're children of light. If you Google light and Bible, you will have... So much, so many, this study, that study would take months, but you would glow at the end of it because you'd have such truth about the light of God and what he's called us into and what he's done for us and how the light, how we're carriers of the light. I've got goosebumps just talking about it. It's amazing. It's amazing. This is such truth. It's right here. But if we never read it, 
We never know it. We've got to read it. It's so life-changing to get in this book. It's so incredible to get in this book. You will not be the same. You will not be the same when you pick up your Bible and you dwell in it and you do these studies and you take this time. You will never regret it. It costs, it costs me to read my Bible. It costs me to prepare a preach. It costs me so much sleep. <laughs> I have to, I have to, the only time I can prepare is I have to get up at five in the morning. If I want to prepare a preach, then for two weeks before I preach, I have to get up every day at five in the morning. That is the only way that I can get there. <laughs> but it's so worth it. It's so worth it to meet God in the Word. It comes alive. It feeds my heart. It changes me. We are children of the light. And the promise is that as we walk in the light, the love of God is perfected in us. Our lives are changed and we are changing. We're growing in obedience to God. That becomes the pattern. Okay, so I'm going to skip over a few things. What helps us to walk in the light? We need to know him. We need to abide in him. We need to position ourselves in the light. That means spending time with him in the word, in prayer, in worship. It doesn't have to be long. It actually does. I worship for seven and a half minutes as I drive to work in the morning, and it changes my day. It doesn't have to be long. I think it's about wanting him. And I'm not trying to say that I've got it all together because I absolutely haven't. I'm trying to say that, that these are some of the things that help me. It's personal. It, it might, five o'clock in the morning might be what works for me. It might not work for you, and that's fine. You don't need to think that I'm saying be like me because I'm really not. I'm saying set him in the right place. Pursue him. Love him. Okay. Another thing that helps us to walk in the light is to ask God about our sin. Ask God about the sin in our life and take time to be still and listen to him. So this week, I felt like just something was a bit off this week. Monday or Tuesday morning. I just... I don't even know. I just felt like something was a bit off. And I just was like, Lord, what's going on? Like, Why am I just feeling like this? And then he asked me to ask him about sin. And then he spoke to me. And he said, your mindset hasn't been okay this, this last couple of days. You've been really impatient in those couple of times. You made some assumptions in that situation and you got a bit judgy. And I just felt it so, so in such a real way. And I just repented. And immediately I felt different. Immediately things changed. The other thing you can do that can help you walk in the light is to be open with a trusted friend about sin. Be real. Be vulnerable. We just said we all do it. We just said we all do it, Right? So be open, be real, be vulnerable, but also be the safe person for somebody else to come to. 
Accountability is something that can sound very scary if it's one-sided. And maybe some of us have experienced that. But it's so helpful if you agree with somebody, agree with one another, give each other permission to speak into things. And, and be, be vulnerable and ask for that help. Another example, I'm, I'm blessed in that I can ask Anil, right? And I know that's, that's hard for some. Like, if you're married, you've got, you know, you've got somebody to ask. If you're not married, it's hard. And I want to acknowledge that because that's painful sometimes. But, you've, but, but everybody can find somebody. We're a family. That's where being a family is actually really precious, if you haven't got anyone to talk to about stuff and you want someone to talk to, I'm here. There'll be other people who are here too. And I just want to acknowledge that. It's not easy. But it's important. This week, again, you know, I've had a bit of a difficult week, haven't I? <laughs> Clearly. But, you know, I had to talk to Neil about it and I just wanted to put it out there and just say, do you know what, I've really struggled over that week, over last weekend, I really struggled with my phone. Like, I really struggled. I got caught up with some stuff that just wasn't helpful. I need to not spend as much time on my phone. Can you help me? And he said, yeah. And then he said, you know what, me too. So let's put them away. Let's have some time without them. Let's just, let's just set our sights on things above. It's so subtle. It's so easy. I'm sure we're not the only ones. Okay, so... We're coming into land. We need to let God be God. He is light and he is the source. We can't manufacture light, but we have a choice to position ourselves in the place where we're flooded by God's light. And in his mercy and grace, God makes us carriers of light. And when we walk in the light and look to the light, we shine for him. Amen. So what is our response? Our response is to be real about where we're at. In verse 9, it says, If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. So right now, I want you to take a minute and ask God about a sin. I want you to just take a minute. Just close your eyes. Just take a minute. And just say, God, do you want to speak to me about anything? And as you do that, I just want you to just repent. Just take care of it with him. He's speaking to you about it because he loves you. He's speaking to you about it because he sees it. And he wants you to be in the light. And he doesn't want anything to hinder that. Now I just want to encourage you to lift your heads and to look to the source of light. And I want to I wanna say, if you want prayer this morning, if the band can come up in a sec when you're ready. And if you don't come up, it's okay. We'll just figure it out. I want to encourage you to look to the source of the light. And I want to ask you, are you tired? Are you tired today? I've got this other word about feeling anemic in God. Are you feeling a bit anemic in God? A bit weak, a bit tired? 
Were you challenged by the lukewarm? Or do you just want more of God? Do you just want to stand in the light? If, any of, if, if, there's, if the answer to any of those questions is yes, then I want us to make space to pray for one another. You can come up the front and we can pray for you. You can stand where you are and put your hand up and we can pray for you. But let's respond. There's no shame in coming up the front and asking for prayer. That isn't a shameful thing. That isn't something to be nervous about. That is something to be just reveling in, that we get to be a family. Nobody in here has got nothing going on in their lives. Nobody in here has got it all sorted. Nobody in here is disqualified because of things they've done. So as we sing this song, let's just come and be with God. Let's just come and do work with him. Let him work in our lives.